What's good, people? It's your boy Caesar here, and this is an episode of the Hybrid Club. Hope all is good. You know where to find us on the socials at the Hybrid Club, and you know where to find me at C says C E A S E S A Y S. What's good, people? Hope all is well. Listen, we had a amazing victory against Liverpool in the league last weekend. Uh, that sandwich between two victories against the mighty Berder Glimt. Um, Arsenal sit first place in the Europa League and first place in the Premier League. When it comes to our nine games in a month in October, Spurs won, Berder Glimt won twice, Liverpool won on to Leeds. Now, last season during our penultimate dip in form um, towards the end of the season, we dropped points against Palace, Southampton and Brighton before we beat Chelsea and United. Um, we've just beaten Spurs and Liverpool. We now have a run of Premier League games that see us play Leeds, Southampton and Nottingham Forest. Um, these feel like games that are incredibly winnable, but it's also hard for some people to see Arsenal coming out of the October period completely unscathed. Um, I suspect many of us are thinking in the back of our minds somewhere in the dark, depraved corners of our psyche um, where the banana skin might come. And that's understandable. We're used to shooting ourselves in the foot from good positions. However, this team does feel different. Um, it feels different from the ones that came before. You can feel it too. I'm sure you can. Um, so I'm not worrying about it. I told myself I'm just going to enjoy the ride this season. And that's kind of what I'm doing. There will come a point where we drop points. I would love to win every single game in every competition for the rest of the season. Don't get me wrong. I'd love it. If someone could just, you know, gift wrap that, put a little bow around it, send it to me for Christmas, I'd be very, very grateful. But given that I don't think that's possible, chances are a banana skin is going to come somewhere. So we just have to not worry about that too much. Don't get obsessed over injuries or where that might come. I think the boys just have to focus on going out there, being professional, doing what they have to do to get the points in each game they play. And next up is Leeds. Now, we've, we, of course, have had a really good start to the season. And I think one of the big things about that is the time Arteta has been given to build the squad we have. Um, it's nearly three years in the job. I think it'll be three years this December, if I'm correct. Um, so he's currently the sixth longest uh, serving manager currently in the Premier League. Um, we're in a position now where we've been able to build the team, we've been able to build over successive windows, but also because we've been able to create patterns of play that the players recognise, those automatisms where they can, where they know what the other player is doing, where they're going to be on the pitch, they understand the rotations and even the improvisations that one another are likely to do. They've seen each other doing training, they've worked on it. And so they're able to respond quicker on the field to those movements. I think you saw a little bit of that with the Sambi and Saka goal against Berda Klimt, where Saka, you know, went and drove, give and go with Lokonga, and Lokonga knew exactly what he was going to do. So put the exact right amount of weight on the ball for him. Um, it's really important that these automatisms are there, um, which is why it's so crucial that a manager be given time to be able to develop those ideas, because this is not football manager. This is not FIFA. You don't just buy the players, put them together, and suddenly they magic up great performances. They need time to do it again and again and again and again. It's about those repetitions. And Arteta has been given time to be able to build this team. And let's face it, it's not been easy. You remember when he first came in? Stabilize the defense is the first job. The you know less said about the end of uh, Wenger era, the better. Emery teams just running through the center of pitch against us. So the first thing he did, stabilize the defense, which is why the first thing Arteta did was buy a bunch of defenders. Um, and then we went from, you know, what we were seeing when he first came into that back three football to get us through um, leading to the FA Cup win. Then the 4-2-3-1 with the, you know, left-sided bias to what we saw last season, to what we have this season. It's been a long process. 
And the process is not over. Don't think because you see us playing this great football that this is it. We've arrived. This is what we're going to do. And this is not the final version. This is not the final form. It will evolve further as the players understand each other better more, as new players come in, as we have to adapt to new challenges, as teams start to figure us out and we have to adapt to their understanding of our play. This team will evolve, you know, so don't ever think that we've arrived. There is no such thing as arriving in football. The closest you get to it is when you get to the end of a cycle and you've won the major trophies. Then you can say, okay, we've won the major trophies. It's time to refresh the squad. We have to go again. But beyond that, there is no such thing as arriving. So we are on a journey. And the part of the journey we're on now is we've developed a squad that is capable of competing where we can rotate people in and out of the starting 11 and maintain the level of performance. Now we have to show that we can do that over a 38-game season. And we are, by my estimation, a quarter of the way through. So it's a, a decent chunk of the season, but there's still such a long way to go. And especially with a World Cup in the middle and such a truncated season on either end, there are going to be a lot of challenges, um, particularly given the the challenge on the, um, the fitness side of things and the strength and conditioning side of things in terms of the periodization when, you know, we've got a six-week break in the middle for those who aren't going to the World Cup and those who are, depending on what part of the, the tournament they get to and how quickly they come home, the warm weather training you've got to do, how you've got to manage everybody's levels to get them all up to speed to be able to then come back for your game on Boxing Day. It's going to be a really difficult challenge and one that I don't think anyone's prepared for. So part of how everyone performs is going to be who deals with that the best um, when it comes to the second half of the season. But until that point... We have to deal with what's in front of us. And we spoke about that. Leeds, Southampton, Nottingham Forest until we get to November and we look at what we've got then. So for this weekend, it's going to be Leeds. And as we said, we've had a good start to the season. We know how we've got there and we know what we've got to do. It's pretty boring. It's not glamorous. It's more of the same. Maintain those standards. Make this game a non-event. Make it one of those games that you barely remember because we won it and we made it so ordinary. Um, that's what we need to do. And look, we're in great form, top of the table. Leeds are not in good form at all. They had a, a decent arrival in the Premier League with uh, Bielsa. His team's always tough. He gets fired because of the Bielsa burnout that hits pretty much every Bielsa team. Jesse Marsh has come in and he's done well to a degree. Kept Leeds up when their form was nosediving. Um, you know, we saw how well Rafinha did for them at the end of last season before he inevitably went to, to Barca this season. Um, but they have been poor this season. Um, you know, they've gone from taking seven points from their opening three games to failing to win any of their last five. And there's a distinct lack of ruthlessness. Um, they really aren't scoring many goals. They've got a minus one goal difference. Uh, their manager was talking about in their press conference the need to score more goals. Patrick Bamford has just come back um, from injury. Um, so, uh, he is in a position where he's trying to get, um, his next goal, which would make it a hundred for him in terms of career league goals. Um, he's got nine appearances without scoring. Uh, so he's going to want to get a goal, but he's coming back off the back of injury and Leeds really need the goals because they are struggling last weekend. The, um, they found themselves up against palace, but you know, goals from, uh, Otzen Edouard and, Abera Eze basically meant that Patrick Vieira's side ran our 2-1 winners. Um, so they're going to want to try and do that. And that's the thing. We're top of the table. We're the big dogs. We're the scalp that everyone's going to want to try and take because we're the team most teams feel like they can get out in the top six. 
historically speaking, in the last few years. But we're equally the team that gets criticised the most for not achieving what people think we can achieve, despite them thinking we're the least likely to achieve it. So everyone wants our scalp because you can say, oh, we got a scalp off the big boys, but we're also the scalp that people think they can get. And this season is where we start to change those attitudes and change those minds with performances like the ones we put in against Palace, Leicester, Spurs and Liverpool. So we have to keep going. Um, so we can't let we can't let ourselves become a scalp for Leeds for them to turn their uh, league form around. We have to basically put our foot on their necks, keep them in the mud and say, better luck next time. Try the next guys because we are not a free lunch, right? We're not a munch. You're not getting nine off us. Try the next lot. So there is pressure on Jesse Marsh. Um, there isn't pressure on Arteta in the same way, but now there's a different kind of pressure. There's a pressure to show that the football that we've seen this season is not a mirage. There's the pressure to show that this team has the maturity and the skill level and the focus and concentration to basically make what they've been doing for the last nine games possible for the next, you know, 29 games or whatever it is that we've got left. Arteta spoke um, during his press conference on a few things which I think are interesting when it comes to talking points for this game. One of the things he spoke about was the psychological aspect of the sort of Thursday to Sunday um, dynamic when it comes to games. And he spoke about, um, you know, the fact that he feels like the team's already there in terms of the, the, the schedule catching up to us. But it's just one of those things that we have to deal with, particularly because it will be worse on the other side of Christmas when, you know, you factor in a potential FA Cup run um, as well as obviously... Uh, European games and um, an increased Premier League schedule given the the, the delays due to the World Cup. So it's going to be worse. Um, and of course, we have an extra game that we've got to fulfill because the Man City game got pushed back. Um, and this is why I talk a lot about the sort of mental aspect of being able to maintain the level as you keep going, because it is something that you don't kind of just do and then drop and do it. The big teams are consistent with it. They go out every single week and they deliver a high level performance. So we've been doing that so far and we need to keep doing it as well. Um, he also spoke about because of that schedule, they're not having enough time really when it comes to recovery. Ultimately, you just do a bit of recovery work, watch some video, do some scouting. And otherwise you're kind of relying on the muscle memory and the automatisms that you've worked on over the weeks to, to get you through. Um, and as for, uh, you know, what he expects from Leeds, he's spoken about their intensity, their dynamism, um, how well they attack the spaces. Um, and that's something we'll definitely touch on when we talk about Leeds's approach to, to the game. Um, he also spoke a little bit about Jesus's availability um, and just the degree to which um, he might, it might be likely that he'll play. I think from what we've heard, he is available, but whether he plays or not, or whether he starts remains to be seen. Um, from Jesse Marsh, uh, spoke about the need to get more goals. They have, you know, a minus one goal difference. They're really not scoring as many as they as they need to. Um, uh, they have, of course, got uh, uh, Patrick Bamford back from injury, just come back in one goal off that hundred uh, career league goals. So they're definitely trying to get on, um, get back into the goals against us. They obviously had a good game against Chelsea a few weeks back. Um, but realistically, you know, they, they're not scoring enough and they're not conceding a huge amount, but, you know, they're not they're not keeping them out either. So it's really, it's going to be a really important thing for us. He was also highly complimentary of Arteta um, being the most underrated manager in the league. And I think there's a degree to which there is a argument for that. But I think a lot of people aren't really going to want to hear that 
um, until the team kind of does more, until it progresses further. I don't think anyone wants to count their chickens because, of course, if we have a bad couple of months, the pylon will begin and it will be back to sort of, you know, Arteta is a fraud and he's had this much money and blah, 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 and all of that stuff. So there's no point in kind of going into the ins and outs of all of that. The focus is very much week by week, game by game, and seeing what he can get this team doing. Um, wanted to touch on some of the, before we go on to some of the stats and styles of play and that kind of thing, just wanted to touch on some of the important players um, for Arsenal. So one of the one of the conversations that's happening at the moment is about Kieran Tierney. And does Kieran Tierney come back into the Arsenal side at left back? Um, now, on the one hand, you know, Tierney was dropped for tactical reasons, as we know, for the Liverpool game and played against Berda Glimt. Tomiassi was left at home. So there are question marks about whether or not, um, sorry, Tomiassi didn't play. So there's question marks about whether or not Tomiassi was being rested uh, for this game or was going to carry on at left back, given he had such a good performance against Salah and Liverpool. Now, it could just be that maybe Tommy Asu had a bit of a knock and we know his injury record, so maybe they left him back just to avoid, you know, any complications. It could be that Tommy Asu is going to continue playing at left back, which would be a, a little surprising, but not entirely given how well he did. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised to see Tierney back in the side. Now, look, Tierney spoke in midweek about, you know, being told he wasn't going to play for the Liverpool game and said, you know, obviously he was gutted, he was disappointed. Um, but not more than that. Obviously, the team went out and did well. So, you know, there's not a lot you can say. I think um, there is at some point going to be a conversation about some of these players. There was a while for, you know, for a very long time where I looked at the Arsenal squad and I saw at least 15 players that I thought we need to move on from. Um, and that's not an exaggeration. I, I mean that quite literally at one point. Um, and, and I'm sure I'm not alone in that. We're now at the stage where, you know, bar some of the players who are on loan, you look at our squad and, you know, you would be hard-pressed to pick someone that you think needs to go. We all have our, you know, I think we all have our players that we're not keen on. You know, I know some people aren't a huge fan of Rob Holding, though, you know, I, I love Rob Holdinho. Um, obviously, he's suited to a particular style and I'm sure the style of the club and the football we're playing has sort of moved on from him. But I do think there's going to be occasions where you need a defender like him um and you know he's 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 had big performances of us over the years so if you tell me he's your fifth choice center back i'm not mad um you know but everyone knows my uh, my feelings about cedric and the fact that he never should have been an arsenal player and he never should have been here and you know while i think maitland niles has been greatly uh, misquoted about the whole right back thing he it's clear that he opened the door for cedric to come in and there was no reason for that to ever have been a thing but Bar, you know, bar all of that nonsense, we're now at a stage where we have a squad full of players that we like, which means that when we start to talk about progressing as a team, there's enough to be players who, if we're talking about moving on from them, then it's a bit of a gut wrench, right? You know, there was sort of little rumours in the summer about Gabriel and Juventus, and you're thinking to yourself, he's been a big defender for us. I know lately been talking about some of the mistakes and, you know, does he have a little bit of that in him? He's still a brilliant defender. He's still fantastic. And he's still been a core part of one of the most frugal defences in the league. So you can't act like he's a liability. He's not. Um, you know, and Tierney's another one of those players, when you look at the style that Arteta seems to be building, there is a question of, you know, in a season or two, does Tierney fit? Now, for me personally, I think it's always good to have different options in your team because it solves different problems. So I don't necessarily think that just because Arteta's 
uh, creating a team where the left back steps into midfield and helps with the build up a lot. That means Tierney is incompatible. Um, you know, he's 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 not an old player by any chance. He's getting to the peak of his career. He can adapt. He can learn. You never know. He might he might just adapt quite well. He's never going to be a Zinchenko style, but that doesn't mean he's unusable, and it doesn't mean he isn't a good player and isn't a good left back. He's a very very good left back. And I think some of his injury problems has led to a conflation between his ability and his availability. And I think people see players whose availability is questionable as a mark on their ability, as opposed to just being one of those things that happens sometimes. So for me, I see him as a great player, but he's a player who's very, very, very used to being the first choice left back. And he has been that, um, you know, in his days at Celtic, he was their guy from a very young age and he came in, got the number three shirt and was our guy straight away. And this, other than a brief wobble where, you know, Tavares came in and had a good run for a few games, his his starting spot in the team was untouchable. You know, he was in line in the conversation for one of the potential future captains. That It wasn't that long ago where that was the case. Um, so there is a question mark there about whether Tierney starts um, and whether he's able to have an opportunity to fight for his his, his space at left-back because Zinchenko's availability is as questionable as Tierney's is. And so having two left-backs who ultimately get minutes because each one has had availability issues over time, I think there's a question mark if Tierney gets in. He's had decent games um, for us um, where we've dominated the ball. He's not just sort of a defensive good one-on-one left-back. He's not just a sort of, you know, go down the byline and cross it merchant. He is a good player. So I'll be interested to see if he gets his spot back. Um, given Leeds' style of play in terms of how they press and how quickly they try to get into the challenges, particularly if you build up from the back, I think this is going to be a very interesting game for a player like Saliba um, and, of course, for players like Partey it, because of their position when they receive the ball. When we build out from the back, now both of them have showed an aptitude for doing what Arteta wants the team to do to build up how we want to build up. Um, so I don't see the Leeds team giving them any more problems than Liverpool has given them or any other team we've played has given them. But every challenge is a challenge. You know, um, Brendan Aronson, uh, Jack Harrison, you know, fast players, quick into the challenge, intense. So, you know, each challenge is unique in its own way. So They'll need to be on their game to deliver what they've been delivering to make sure that we do what we need to do. And of course, there's Aaron Ramsdale, because when you're not building up from the back through the defense and through the through the thirds, his clipped balls over the top or sidewinders straight into the midfield or drives to the wide wide forwards for them to bring down. They're just, you know, different kinds of out balls. And you'll remember the game between Leeds and Chelsea where Aronson took the ball off Mendy and when we come to talk about that, you'll notice one of the reasons that happened is because the defenders didn't give him, didn't give Mendy uh, the angle for the pass to be able to pass out from the back. So he held onto the ball too long and Harrison took advantage. Um, I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, Ramsdale's passing ability is one of the best in the league. It's, you know, he's not Edison, he's not Allison, but he's certainly, you know, one of the better, one of the better ones in the league for doing that. And we've seen some of his distribution is incredible. So, We'll need him to be on his game, both in terms of his shot stopping, but also in terms of his distribution to make sure that we don't get pinned pinned down um, because Leeds press very intelligently. They, they're similar to us in the sense of when we press, we don't just press to try and win the ball off whoever the play is running to. We press, press strategically 
to get the opposition to pass to the player we want them to pass to so that we can snap into that challenge and win that ball or get them to go back to their keeper and force force a turnover. So they very much do the same thing. And so, you know, they will be trying to force uh, Ramsdale into passes that they want Ramsdale to make. Um, and so his ability to be able to pop the ball over and give it to someone else is going to be vital to our out ball. But beyond that, of course, you know, we know where the game's going to be won if we're going to win this game. We know it's going to be the likes of Martinelli, Bakayo Saki and Gabriel Jesus if he's playing. And of course, if he's not playing, Eddie, you know, spent a bit of time on loan at Leeds, came back in the January. In fact, that was, you know, one of the first things Arteta did when in his first few months in the job was Eddie came back and he said, I'm keeping him. You know, that was one of the first things Arteta did. Um, so, you know, Eddie only spent a few months at Leeds as he was kind of finding his way. But, you know, Bamford was their striker for all intents and purposes. He had a good good loan spell, not great. Um, now where's number 14 for us, our number two striker, and he's going to want opportunities on the pitch. And he's a player who equally, much like the Leeds forward line, a very pressy front player, uh, forward player, has done well coming off the, the bench for us in various games, in various competitions. Um so, yeah, I'll be interested to see if Eddie does start. Just this will be an opportunity for his first start in the Premier League this season, an opportunity to get a goal and really um, push and stake a claim for more minutes. But, of course, if Jesus is fit, then Jesus is starting and we know his what he does and what his story can do. Um, for Leeds, so there's a few players who are going to be really crucial to how they play. So there's Melier in goal. Personally, and I, I don't want to say this because we're about to play them and, you know, jinx and all of that, but... Melier isn't it? He's highly rated, but he's not a keeper that I've ever looked at and thought that's a great keeper. I think he's good, um, but there are just some keepers who just don't grab you. Melier doesn't grab me, um, but he's a good keeper. He's a very, very young keeper and has been Lee's uh, number one goalkeeper for a while now. But I've never been, you know, uber impressed. There are reports that there are some Premier Leagues in, uh, clubs, including Man United, looking at him. Um, personally, if you told me that Tottenham or United replace their aging keepers with someone like Melier. I, I'm laughing all the way to the bank because I think there are much better goalkeepers they could get. Um, he does help with their play a lot. He's a good shot stopper, but he's beatable. So I, he doesn't, he's not a goalkeeper that strikes any fear in me. They do have a solid defender in Cock who's been playing um, pretty much all of their minutes in the Premier League. A strong um, defender who's, you know, good in the duel. He'll want to have a good game. He'll be right on... Um, Gabriel Jesus, he'll be really putting him under a lot of pressure, really getting stuck in. And if, you know, Gabriel Jesus is carrying any kind of knock, he'll be right on him, trying to, you know, trying to put it on him and, and dissuade Jesus from some of his more um, rambunctious approaches to football. Um, but, you know, two of the big players for, for Leeds are Harrison and Brendan Aronson. Um, and there's two reasons for that. They're pressing, number one, so their work rate, their athleticism, um, they're both incredibly uh, technical players on the ball, both really young, a lot of energy. Um, you know, they also, secondly, have uh, an interesting role when it comes to set pieces because they both tend to stand over them. One's left foot, one's right foot. So depending on the angle, leads can, at a moment's, moment's, uh, moment's notice, go inverted or um, go for the in-swing or out-swinger, sorry, when it comes to their free kicks. So you can imagine if you're lining up to defend a Leeds free kick, you've got two players standing there. Either one could do either, and they use signals 
um, to determine which one is going, which one it's going to be, and they switched up throughout the different games. So teams scouting them aren't ever sure which signal means what free kick. Um, Jesse Marsh is a player who, uh, sorry, is a manager who likes to go for uh, what we'd call sort of those marginal gains, and this is one of the ways they do it. Um, so look out for those two players, both in terms of their pressing. Um, how Leeds use them from set pieces, but also just their technical ability on the ball. If Leeds are able to get a turnover either from a press or counter press, they'll be running in space and they can be dangerous. Um, so there we are. Um, we're just going to take a break at this point. We're going to come back for part two where we're going to talk about some of the stats. Um, we're going to talk about some of the styles of play and what we think uh, we're going to expect from the lineup. So bear with me. I'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to part two of the Hybrid Club podcast. It's your boy Caesar here. Um, we're talking about the preview to the Leeds against Arsenal game at Ellen Road um, this uh, this Sunday. Um, so we spoke a little bit about the sides, the press conferences, just some of the talking points for the game. Just we're going to run through some of the stats, talk a bit about the styles of play of each team, where we might be able to get some joy, where we need to be cautious of Leeds, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the starting lineup. Um, so just from a stats point of view, Leeds have won two, lost three, drawn three. Um, so they scored 11, conceded 12. They're 14th. They do have an extra game in hand um, where, you know, if they got three points from that um, currently, they'd be eighth in the table, but they currently sit in 14th. Um, compare that to us, of course. One eight, lost one, drawn none, scored 23, goals against 10, and we're first place, of course. Now, you know, that one loss, of course, came against United where we defended um, defended their counters. I don't want to say we defended poorly, but they, they had three particularly big chances and caught us out on those three occasions. And those mistakes came from um, not picking up Ericsson uh, on the edge of their area because he was able to basically thread a ball through to uh, Fernandez, who was then able to play the ball through behind. And if you screen that pass between Ericsson and Fernandez, you cut their attack out and our dominance pays off. On that occasion, we didn't. And so, you know, the game didn't go in our favour. Against Spurs, you know, we screened that pass pretty much. And the times they did get through, their final ball was terrible. Um, we dominated them and got the win. And these are the kind of fine margins that you get in football. Um, Leeds aren't a team that are scoring a lot of goals right now. So what that should tell us is with us having a very, very good defence and them having a team that isn't scoring as many goals right now, that should work in our favor in terms of not only our ability to control the game, but also our prospects of, you know, keeping them out or keeping them to a minimal um, amount of goals. Of course, that can all change, right? You've got a good run. Um, you're on a good run until you're not. Um, but I look at the Leeds team and I think to myself, we should, should have stronger challenges moving forward than we should face here. Um, I know that they're going to be petrified about going up against the likes of Martinelli and Saka, and Jesus, given their movement, their pressing, their ability, you know, I, I think we should be able to give their defence a very, very difficult time if we are on our game. Um, but, you know, they've been chilling at home while we've been going up to the Arctic Circle and back. So even with a rotated squad, we still took some senior players there. Um, Saliba, of course, played um, in, in midweek as well. So um, there are, there are going to be some... There, there is going to be an element to which we don't want to get carried away with ourselves. And just because they're not scoring a lot of goals, we don't want to get lax. But I think what it does tell us about the form of the two teams 
is that we are a team who are dominating and getting the goals um, that our play is sort of is due and should be rewarded by. And they're a team that's really, really struggling. So we really need to keep doing what we're doing, keep closing out, good one-on-one defending in the channels if they go behind us um, and they go behind the press, you know, really compress the spaces um, when we've got the ball in there attacking third, keep it moving. If they try and get it, counter press, regain, retain, go again, just wave after wave of attack, interchangeable positions between Shaq and Martinelli and Jesus um, or whoever the forward player would will be if it's Eddie or Jesus. Um, and yeah, keep those triangles with, um, you know, with the likes of Ben White, Saka, Erdegaard, Ben White doing the overlapping or underlapping runs, Saka getting in between the fullback and the, the centre-back. I think we really, really, really just need to keep doing what we're doing. And if we do, we should have no problems. Um, spoke a bit about some of Leeds's current um, sort of situations and difficulties in the league. Winless in their last five Premier League home games against us. Um We've won five of our last six league games, league games against them. Um, they're winless in five Premier League games. Uh, we've kept three clean sheets in four Premier League away games this season. So again, on the road, we're doing well. You have to factor in the teams we're playing in those games. You know, we played Palace away, for example, um, who I thought was who were a pretty tough test. Played Brentford away, who were definitely not at the level, but we absolutely, you know, we absolutely owned them. Um, so it's, and I, you know, I think, I think about this game like Leeds and I think back to a game like Brentford where they had a team who had the possibility to trouble us. And you saw what Ivan Tony did the other night, uh, to Brighton, but we dealt with them because our play was so superior and that's what I'm hoping we see against Leeds. You know, the Brentford game isn't a game we talk about anymore. You know, there was a lot of talk up going up to it about what happened last season, blah, blah, blah. Now it's it's a non-existent game that barely anyone talks about because we just went, did our job professional, beat them and made it look easy. And I'm kind of hoping we do the same thing against Leeds. Um, but one thing I, I did want to kind of talk about a little bit is Leeds' style of play because I think we know what we're going to do. So let's look at what they're going to try to do and see how we might um, deal with them. So the thing about Leeds is they play a very vertical football with high-intensity running. Um, they want to get the ball back as quick as possible and get the ball from back to front as quickly as they possibly can. Um, so this might involve, for example, being really high in the press, pressing high, really quick, really intense, trying to snap into those challenges to get the ball off you. Um, but they don't just you know, press for pressing sake. It is intelligent. It is to try and force you to go in a particular direction so they can then box you out, force you to go back to keeper and try and get a turnover. I think you'll... Um, you recall, as I mentioned, that goal against Mendy against Chelsea. Um, in fact, in that game where they beat Chelsea, they, they ran 10k more than Chelsea um, in that game, which tells you about their intensity. Um, and that's something Jesse Marsh has retained from the Bielsa um, system, but he just does it in a different way. Um, so given that we're going to be facing such an important press, we've got a couple options there, right? We've got defenders who are comfortable in the press. Ben White, Ball progressor with the ball at his feet, good passer. Saliba, we already know about his composure, his ability to drop his shoulder, and he'll wait to the very last minute and just step away from the attack and run into midfield or play the ball forward or out wide. Um, we also know that if we go back to Ramsdale, he's got the composure to be able to just clip a ball over the top, out to the fullback. Um, but we want to be careful about that because the Leeds midfield are going to want to, you know, anticipate that and go right in on our fullback. Um, if if Ramsdale does that, equally he might go long 
but those those kicks need to be accurate and more often than not with Rams still there they are so if Leeds go for their typical high you know high intensity press which I have no doubt they will we have the skills to be able to deal with it it's just about the execution um we also know that um they're also how can I put this we also know that they'll um go for the marginal games that I spoke about and I spoke about the set pieces with Aronson and Harrison now, one of the things about their whole in-swinger, out-swinger and the signals they use is that they are they like to be very clever and get those marginal gains. I think um, there was a stat saying that Jesse Marsh spoke about 30% of goals in the MLS coming from set pieces, so he really likes to take advantage of them. Now, Rodrigo is a set-piece threat for them. So what they'll do is they'll put their most threatening players in a particular position in the box to get you to put your best set-piece players up against them. But by doing that, you leave another space in the box free for another one of their players to attack. So sometimes they use their stronger set for players as a fake out to draw you out to create space for someone else to run in at the back post or the near post, depending on the set piece routine. So Arsenal have been very, very good at set pieces this season, both in terms of keeping them out and in terms of scoring them. So we'll need to be really, really strict, switched on. Don't get distracted by their routines. Just focus on the trajectory of the ball, focused on our positioning and see it out and no sort of dilly-dallying with the ball in our area. And if we carry on doing and uh, dealing with set pieces as we have been, I've got no problem that we can deal with what they can throw at us. But we will need to be switched on because set pieces, it's a chaos thing. Um, so that's that's really the thing with leads. They're not complicated. High intensity, high press, you know, try to force turnovers, try to force errors, press, counter-press. We know this game and we know how to deal with this game. And we finally have players who are equipped to deal with this game. You know, um, if we if we have, uh, which again, I fully expect to start with, you know, um, the typical Premier League uh, defence that we have. Like I said, the only question is Tierney against Tomiyasu, um, which one of those starts. Um, but like I said, Saliba, not a problem. Gabriel, one of our most important progressive passers. Ben White carrying into midfield, also up against his, his former team, actually after a brief stint at Leeds. Um, we have the defence to deal with their press. We also have the out ball from Ramsdale to be able to go wide and go long. And Ramsdale goes along a lot more than um, we might think he does. But his kicks are very rarely aimless. You know, they're very, the trajectory of them, it's very precise, very pointed, very direct, um, more like a bullet to the feet. So it's really, um, it's it's really quite, it's, it's really quite a thing that we now have a team that can solve multiple problems. If teams want to do a high press, no problem. If teams want to do a low block and counter, no problem. Um, if teams want to do a mid block, we can play through it. It's really great that we're now in a position that we can kind of deal with it. And this will be a high press team and we have the tools to deal with what leads have to throw us. From our perspective and our style of play, we know what we want to do and we want to keep them on the edge of their area as much as possible, pass it around them, move them around, big switches, keep the ball moving, keep the players rotating, create those spaces so that we can take advantage, whether that be with the intricate passing on the right, whether it is with the rotation and the the, the movement of the, the forward line on the left. It really is about making sure that, um, you know, we keep them moving and create those spaces because if we play our game to the standard that we have been, we are irresistible. They will not be able to live with us. I am certain of that no doubt in my mind whatsoever um particularly with players like martinelli who had a great game against leeds last season um, at ellen road granted they had you know number of players missing because of covid 
um, I still think, you know, he's kicked on a level um, and they will be absolutely bricking it to go up against him. All things being well with Jesus, you know, this is another game that he'll want, he'll be loving, you know, he'll want to kind of harass that Leeds defence to the point where they just can't live with him. And that's kind of what we want to see. Um, who knows? Like I said, this might be a game for Eddie to come in and get some minutes if Jesus isn't feeling 100%. If he does, I have no doubts that Eddie can give their defence a hard time as well. Granted, he's not Jesus, but I'm not worried. Whoever it is, I still think we have more than enough to give this lead side a problem. Um, from their perspective, they've got a few players missing and a few changes. Um, so as I said, Patrick Bamford is back for them. Um, he started uh, in, I think he, I, I'm not sure if he started, but he played against Palace last week um they've got a right back in christiansen um who you know last week he had to deal with wolf zaha this week he's probably going to end up having to deal with martinelli um now the thing is they have luke ailing who can play as a right back also playing the center back but given um ailing's just got back to fitness i think it'll be surprising if he starts um, over christiansen now you remember ailing from last season towards the end of the season when we played leeds where he got himself off, sent off with a ridiculous challenge. You know, one of those sending offs where you wonder whether he had something to do that afternoon and just wanted to get off the pitch. It was stupid. Former Arsenal uh, youth player, actually. Um, but depending on whether he's fit, I neither one of those players um, concern me in terms of Martinelli and how brilliant he's been playing. But just know that either one of them is going to want to put a foot in um, just to kind of let him know that they're there. But Martinelli's been dealing with that all season. So fingers crossed, he he comes through whatever challenge unscathed. Um, Liam Cooper is the Leeds captain at centre-back. Big, strong, um, very much loves uh, a duel, loves a big challenge. Um, has a propensity sometimes for diving in a bit, um, but mostly where he can, you know, make a statement tackle and that kind of thing. He's very much that kind of defender. Um, gave away the free kick, um, which led to the Palace equaliser last weekend. Um, expect him to be in there and expect him to try and put in a few big challenges on the likes of Gabriel Jesus, let him know that he's there. Um, Robin Cock, who is an alternative to Diego Lorente or uh, Luke Eiling, who can also play right back. Um, but he's played every minute, I think, of Leeds' um, run this season. So fully expect him to be in there starting alongside Cooper. Um, they also, you know, spoke about Harrison, spoken about um, Aronson. There's also Tyler Adams, uh, US men's national team player, former formerly of the Bundesliga, playing for Leeds, very much ever present in their side this summer after switching from Leipzig. Um, key in their midfield um, in terms of playing in front of the back four in the centre midfield. Um, very versatile, you know, runs a lot, has played in multiple positions. Very, you know, good on the ball, technical player, can cover ground. So he'll be an important player for them as well. Um, so I, I think, yeah, we're, we're seeing a Leeds team that has a lot of different options, but but none of them are, none of them should be a problem for us if we play our game. That is that is really the crux of this, to be honest. Um, they've also got uh, Lewis Sinistera back from suspension. Um, so he could play in place, for example, of Jack Harrison and one of the um, out wide. Um, there's Junior Furpo who... Um, should be fit enough for them at left back, but I don't think he will play just because he's coming back. They also have a young player called Wilfred Ngnotto, uh, who is on the uh, 2022 Golden Boys shortlist. Um, he sort of 
he's an interesting player. So he, look, he's in a prestigious company on the Golden Boy shortlist with the likes of Jude Bellingham, Pedri, Kamavinga, uh, Musiala. Um, very interesting forward. He's not made his debut yet, but very, very promising and one who they will be looking forward to integrating when they can. Um, I doubt this is the game for it, given how strong Arsenal are. But listen, stranger things have happened. Um, as for us, obviously, I think we know most of the team news. No Smith Rowe, no Elneny. I think Zinchenko is still very doubtful for the game. Um, there is, as you said, a question mark over Jesus and Eddie and Ketia, but as far as we know, Jesus is available to perform. Um, and then, as we said, it's also a question mark between Tierney and Tomiyasu. Um, I will be interested to see what happens there. I really will. Um, but I think we're going for the typical uh, Premier League starting eleven with um, Tomiyasu at left back. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it. I think Tomiyasu will keep his place. He didn't. Uh, he didn't play um, against Berda Glimt. I think he's been rested to play again at left back. So, uh, Ramsdale, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Tomiyasu, Shaka, Party, Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli, Jesus. That's my predicted starting eleven. Um, so yeah, let's see what happens. Leeds will be there with their intense press, direct play. We obviously have our you know positional play that we do, attacking those five channels with our you know uh, fullbacks pushed up into midfield. We know what we're going to do. Let's go out there. Let's make this game a non-event. Let's not make it a talking point. Let's not give Leeds there the game that kind of springboards them back into you know a, a, a good Premier League side. Let's put our foot on their neck and uh, make this a non-event. Extend our lead at the top of the league and go into the the next game in the Europa League in in good form. Um, in other news, uh, Arsenal women are playing on Sunday. They're playing Reading women away from home. Um, we've just, of course, had the international break where you know a number of uh, Arsenal women's places book their place in the Women's World Cup. Um, so this will be our first away fixture of the league season, and it's a big one, um, particularly because we have a game in hand on Chelsea. We can make, you know, put ourselves three points ahead. And given how close the league title was decided last season, um, any amount of distance between these two sides is going to be important for for the rest of the game. Um, we, of course, know that we have a huge Champions League clash against the reigning champions, Leon. Um, and Reading are looking for their first point of the season. It will, of course, be a reunion with former Arsenal forward uh, Daniel Carter as well. So in our previous 12 league meetings against Reading, Reading have never won. It's drawn two, lost 10 um, for Reading. So we very much have the run of results in this fixture. Um, and so if we continue our great form, um, they'll be the first side um, to play 13 games without a win. So we're really going to need to make sure that we... Uh, dominate them the way we're expected to. Um, so, as I said, it's only been a couple of games this season. Arsenal women in good form, of course. We had the game against Spurs earlier at the uh, at the Emirates, which was record-breaking crowd. Um, expect there to be a record-breaking crowd here for Reading for this game as well, which is fantastic to hear. Um, last time out, we beat Reading by a four-goal margin, um, and that was on both occasions last season. Um, Gen B.E. opened the scoring. Um we uh, got goals as well from Beth Mead and Vivian Miedema, who else, of course. Um, that being said, for this game, we're not going to be without our centre-back partnership of uh, Raffaella and, uh, and Leah Williamson. Raffaella's out of action for a few weeks due to a metatarsal, and Williamson got an injury in the England camp, um, so is on the sidelines for a little bit. Um, but should still expect to see the, you know, a lot of the a lot of the typical faces, Zinsberger in goal, Miedema, um, 
Beth Mead should be there. So we should have a lot of the uh, the usual suspects um, around. So fingers crossed, Arsenal women get their win as well, and we make it a great week, uh, great weekend for the Arsenal. Anyway, that's it from me. That's it from the Hybrid Club. You know where to find us on the socials at the Hybrid Club. You know where to find me at C Says C E A S E S A Double Y S. Um, you know, like, subscribe. You know, retweet all of that good shit. Leave us a five star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you can. Um, you know, do get in touch. Let us know your thoughts, feelings, uh, what you got going on. And yeah, let's see what happens this weekend. Looking forward to a good game. Hopefully, we do the business and continue this great one. Anyway, people, we'll talk to you soon in a bit, in a bit.